Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy grown-up bit. Today we're going to talk about Star Wars again but different this time, hurricanes, and more silly shit. So the first thing I want to talk about today, Sam's not allowed to talk about because he hasn't read it. <laughs> uh, they made a five issue comic series uh, about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and I read it and it's cute and you should read it. Uh, I was a weekly comic person for at least a couple of years, sort of like in college and stuff where I would go every Wednesday and I would get my weekly comics um, and I had a really serious, just a serious comic habit for a bit. Um, and I haven't been that way in a long time, but we grabbed the first four one day uh, when we were over by my old comic shop. And then I grabbed the fifth when it came out and I sat down over the weekend and read them all. And uh, while there's like obviously a little bit of that, would you like to try a Ronto wrap stuff that's like very tied to the parks and merchandising. Uh, I thought it was actually a fun little comic. Like the art was good. The writing was nice. It was nice to get background on characters like Doc Ondar. Um, we didn't really get anything about like no spoilers or whatever, but it didn't really talk about like uh, August Cantina stuff, but it, the, the, it was mostly background on Doc Ondor, Ondara and it was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm not really qualified to, to speak to it, as Val noted, because I haven't actually read it. I will say that skimming it, I really liked the art. Yeah, um, it's I, solid. I guess, you know, there there's a lot of modern comics out there, and almost all of it has art that I like. So I guess yeah. that's not miraculous, but um, I, I think that they made some good choices stylistically. It, it was kind of fun. Um, you sent me a, a good, like, screen cap. Oh, good, my God. Like, Sexy Chewy. Yeah, you're like, why there's is a, Chewy sexy? There's, in this? A, <laughs> there's a lot of like flashback kind of material too, because Doc Ondar's Doc Ondar's God, you're not gonna hear me pronounce <laughs> right. it right once this fucking podcast. Doc Ondar, uh, his whole thing is that he has the Den of Antiquities, which I believe is like a shop area, effectively, um, in Galaxy's Edge, and the comic goes into the backstory of like how he got some of the stuff. Like there's a fucking baby Sarlacc and like, that's a mission that Han and Chewie took part in apparently. Um, and there's just a shot of Chewie, like shooting his laser crossbow, but he's in like the kind of poses they usually put women in, in like superhero comics. And he's just like kind of stretched out weirdly and his chest is out and like one leg is out. It's just, it's funny. It right. It's something like you would imagine, like, I don't know, some, some hero with a very re revealing, like, like Black Widow. Like, it's like a Black Widow pose. Yeah. Like just like chest thrust out and like right. shoulders back. Which I love because Chewie is magnificent. Like, did you pull a, what was it called? The Hawkeye Project? Right, that right, that exactly. Like, did you pull a Hawkeye Project secretly, but with actually, it being Chewie so you couldn't really tell? I actually kind of hope that that was the yeah, artist's intention. Too. Was That'll like, we're going to sexualize Chewie because <laughs> why not? Boom, you're all furries now. Yeah, but I would. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I also think it would probably, like, it's. A short, it's a, it's a short enough series that I think it's probably something that like would be good 
and easy for folks who aren't used to comics too. So it might be a good like intro to comics if there's someone you know who likes Star Wars who you want to get into comic books. So it's funny, uh, alert, alert, leaving Disney IP land. Um, (laughs) But this reminded me a lot of the World of Warcraft comics that they came out with um, that were just like, like out of nowhere. And I hadn't purchased a comic since like the the last G.I. Joe comic that I purchased when I was an actual child. Um, And it was definitely one of those things where I was like, oh, that's a thing I like. Um, (laughs) That sort of brought me back to the comic shop. And I, I like bought the whole run of it in, in weeklies and was really excited about comics again and then started buying modern G.I. Joe comics again. And so like, it's sort of this, this crossover, like, uh, the fans like it because it's, you know, it's something that they're comfortable with and, and familiar with. And it's an excuse to go consume a type of media that they may not normally. But it's also kind of a, a small boon for the, the comic industry every now and then to just be like, hey, hey, go here. Yeah. And like when we went and bought the first four, we bought a bunch of other stuff from the comic shop. Oh, for sure. Like, like that's just what ends up happening. So I think you should definitely check it out if you like Star Wars or Walt Disney World. So our next topic is also Star Wars, but it's funny. Um, So what I often do before we podcast is I just Google Disney news and the fucking number one, like the top search result for me for some reason, despite the fact that I never go to this website, was the fucking Federalist with a headline uh, that was titled, The New Star Wars Land is Proof Disney Has Lost Its Way. And... So, so uh, first off, I am so happy to see this on the list because this popped up to me on my phone. Oh, no. Like two hours ago. Oh, and I was like, no. I know that this is bait, but I have to click like on I this. Like I opened it in an incognito window. I was like, the Federalist is not fucking... Do right. not get the idea that I want right. this on my shit, Google. And I just... It was fun. I read through it and and I was just I was furious at it because I was it's admittedly um, there's the baggage the political baggage tied up in that this is right. also coming from uh, the kind of person where I get similarly frustrated about their take on policy um, so it's no wonder that yeah uh, that I'm similarly frustrated frustrated by their take on. On Disney World, but or sorry, on Disneyland in this case. Well, it's both. His yeah. uh, his whole his his thesis is that Walt Disney World and Disneyland and Disney in general has like lost its way because they keep doing remakes and they're making rides with IP and yada yada yada. Um, like it's literally Disney does rides from IP now, so it's not creative. And like I don't disagree that there are less um, original rides than there used to be but there aren't none either and it's not like they're getting a, rid of the old ones except for ones that we've talked about like maelstrom to add ip um it was his his argument was disney's not creative anymore so because i don't care about star wars i'm not going to the parks at all it was also just a lot of hogwash about like stuff being for the rich and pricing up middle class families which we've talked about which right. we have really big opinions on but like this is a dude who's like i've admittedly owned a handful of disney shares since childhood so i've kept a close eye on the company and he's like some fucking dude who's presumably rich himself 
who so, like it's like he's trying do you know to know anything he, about him no i didn't so, want to look him up because yeah, he sounded like a shit yeah, lord don't he is so he's he's a conservative pile of shit he just released a book <laughs> that nobody's read uh called the case against single payer i, I saw that that and, was in his like bio or and whatever he's the, the ceo of some made-up company and definitely absolutely definitely a healthcare industry expert daddy's fucking money um and the guy is just a, a whiny pile of crap. And the thing that cracks me up, too, is all of the things that he's complaining about Disney are the things that conservatives traditionally celebrate about capitalist America. Right. Everything's and expensive it's like, and, and it's, it's like, uh, no, no, sorry, sir. Uh, those people who are rich and get to cut the line, they earned it because that's capitalism. Right. Like, he like, was, he was whining consistent about that. Yeah, he argument. was really Come whining on. about, like, the rich people. And I was like, right. I feel like you are the, like, if you have owned a handful <laughs> of Disney stock since childhood, that probably means you had rich parents who gave you that. Right. Like, you didn't go buy them with your fucking paper And he's complaining money. about Iger and he's, and he's like, and it's like, like Iger is the reason your shares are worth a stupid right. amount of like, money. Iger Stop is whining. Such a capitalist, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, I think so, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was pretty thing, funny. The thing me. that drove me crazy is that he was like, well, it, like he he led with, well, I don't really like Star Wars. Yeah. But I'm gonna swoop in and criticize this thing and call yeah. it uncreative. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it, uh, <laughs> uh, we broke back up. Back up, because here's the thing, is that even people who don't particularly like Star Wars walk into Galaxy's Edge and go, oh, this is something new. This right, is Disney like innovating. Pandora. It's because like it, how people do that with Pandora. It's right. cool and innovative regardless of whether or not you care about the IP. And, and Pandora is very nicely themed, but I think that this brings it up to 11 based on yeah, the reports that I'm hearing where heard. people walk in and they're like, I've never experienced this kind of immersion in any experience in right. my life. I've never felt so transported to yeah. a different world. And that's innovation. Like, yes, they're not right. innovating on the theme. They're not going and creating a totally unique thing because that's not how Disney functions anymore. No. Because Disney, uh, admittedly, they, like, they're, they are... Tying all of their properties together because they found that that's how they maximize money for Disney. Yeah. That's uh, an, an understandable thing. And again, I do capitalism. wish there were more like, you know, totally new rides and things. But I also know that if they made a ride that was, you know, really good and new, unique and well-themed, they're going to turn it into a movie anyway. <coughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> so, like... Like it's not really it's it doesn't really yeah. matter if it's the film right. or Which the ride order? that comes first. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. l let them innovate and let them make things. Like we've yeah. already talked about the poor examples of of IP being kind of lackluster in the way that it's brought into the parks. Um, Galaxy's Edge is not no that. no it's not this it's not, not like that. we shoehorned this into an existing thing. Like they built something and it sounds like it's amazing and. I, I, like, again, I, I agree with the fact that, like, it sucks that folks are getting priced out right. and, like, the lines are long. But he, he included the line, but for this potential guest, Disney doesn't seem worth the money and hassle. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably because you're fucking, like, a, a probably... I would say from his picture, at least five or ten years older than us, cranky, like, almost middle-aged white guy who hates fun and, like... That may, it just makes me laugh so hard because the kinds of people who say like, it doesn't seem worth it. When's the last time you went? Like do, when you go, do you suspend your disbelief and do you let yourself be a kid or are you a fucking stuffy 
middle-aged white guy who is more obsessed with appearing rich and grown up than having fun. Imagine this guy, this this stuffy guy going to Disneyland. He's like in a full suit. In in a full suit, just getting on Mr. Toad's wild ride. He's like, (laughs) this is the Disney I love. Make more Mr. Toad. (laughs) Just fucking crying. Like next um, I'm going on small world because it's the last original thing that Walt ever did. They put IP in, in small world at at, uh, Disneyland. So you got to watch it. But it is, it's just like, it's, it's not dissimilar from the way, like anytime someone says like, this doesn't seem appealing. It just, to me, it tells me that you don't get it because we go and there are lines. And even if there are lines, just walking around there is fun. Like, and it's not, I, I absolutely rage against the idea that it's because like of, of people being immature or something, because like I, I own the home that we're recording this in. I bought it when I was 26 by myself. Like the both of us have perfectly good paying jobs, fulfilling careers that we love, like with great companies. It's one of those things where I think people tend to get caught up in this idea that like it's for kids and oh, it, like, they're pricing families out. I'm like, you know what? If they priced families out, like there's plenty of fucking childless millennials as all that joke has been going around that would still go. They're, they're, I don't think they should price families out and I don't want them to, but this guy strikes me as the kind of person who thinks that grownups shouldn't have fun at Disney world. And like, shut the fuck up, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm still just so frustrated by the lack of consistency in his argument too, in that he, he simultaneously complains about Disney doing smart things to make money that are unpopular um, like nickeling and diming people. It's very mm-hmm. good business sense. It's not very popular. But then also complains um, about... I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. But, um, oh, right. He that complains is, about yeah. the same practice. Oh, no, no. It's, he, also, he also complains that uh, that Disney shot themselves in the foot with overhyping it and there was, oh, yeah. you know, crappy <laughs> attendance. And it's like, well, like... Like, uh, here's a guy who felt the need to write an article about something that's in the public eye so that people would read it and put a nice spicy title on it. Yeah. When he's complaining about something that is not for him. Because Disneyland and Disney World are for people who like fun. And that's not (laughs) this guy. No. And also, as we've sort of... um, As a friend of ours has said a number of times... uh, it's no win right now with Galaxy's Edge because Galaxy's Edge having no lines in Disneyland meant it was a failure. And Galaxy's Edge having a lot of lines at Disney World when it opened right. was a failure. Like, either way, they, they are damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if there aren't lines, then it's not busy. And if there are lines, then it sucks and it's not fun. And, like, from what everything that we've heard so far, too, opening day, we had multiple friends there that day from all over the place. Um, from everything that we heard... Uh, the lines were not the end of the world. Yes, it looked super busy at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. and whatever, but right. it was not actually that busy. It wasn't like you couldn't do anything. People still had fun. And so, to my mind, you can't even say that it was a failure just because it was crowded because people loved it anyway. And so that's the biggest thing for me is that I think there are people like this. This guy was waiting to see what was going to happen when Disney World's opened uh, and would have changed his fucking article probably to suit either condition because he hates fun. Yeah. And actually, you know, to that to that one last thing there, you, you bring up a good point. As far as I can tell, they're doing a really good job of making 
Galaxy's Edge bearable for people by limiting attendance and ride. limiting how long yep. you can be there. It has one e-ticket ride. Right. Uh, that apparently has really good, really fast turnover in terms of loading and load in and load out is apparently really efficient so they can get people through faster. Which is They're doing great because it's going to be a popular need. ride for literally right. ever. Right. They're doing virtual queues as they need to, to, and they're doing the limits of how long you can be there. And like that's, yeah. the, they are doing what they can. They're just not, like the problem is if they said we're hyper limiting it so it's not crowded at all. Again, this guy would say, oh, it sucks because nobody can get in. So like we've given this fucking asshole too long already of breath. I didn't think you had read the article. So I didn't think we were going to talk about this much (laughs) because I had just found it. And so I assumed it was just going to be like a, oh, fuck this guy. But fuck this guy for actual reasons, which are just like shitting on other people's fun. And sure, maybe the Walt Disney Company is doomed because Galaxy's Edge. But I really don't think that that's the case. It's time to talk about the hurricane that didn't really do anything. I just, the only thing I want to like say here is that while I'm glad that Hurricane Dorian went away from the parks, I'm really glad that Walt Disney World is so good about being like, nope, we're closing early. We're doing this. Like, because even without a full hurricane smacking you right in the face, like it was supposed to, like... Even if it's just like, oh, this weather is going to be awfully garbage and it could be a little dangerous, they still close things. And like past storms, I've seen people make threads about how like they close things and they they amuse everyone in the resort, the resort hotels and stuff. And like, I just really admire how well Disney deals with hurricanes. Also, rewinding, uh, Dorian didn't not really do anything. The the Bahamas begged no, to differ. Sorry, sorry. But... I didn't mean, <laughs> I meant in the context of yes, Walt Disney World. Right, the Bahamas right. are completely screwed and it's awful. And I really, I think, I actually saw a headline that I did not click, but I think that Disney even said something about pledging money towards uh, helping folks yeah. in the Bahamas. Let me, I'm actually going to Google that right now, because uh, they were closing early, I saw something about uh, the fact that they were pledging money of some kind. So that that kind of would make sense if they'd sort of set aside some some budget line items for dealing with hurricane stuff and then don't end up needing it. Um, it's kind of a, a very positive thing for them to say, oh, yeah, some of our disaster preparedness well, can go help. And they also, like, they they have Castaway Key there. So, yep. Oh, um, that's true. Which that's was, true. there was some controversy around that because um, they left some staff on the island in hurricane shelters. It probably yep. was safer than if you'd tried to evacuate them at that point. But there was some rigmarole on Twitter where, like, an employee's sister like was freaking out about it. And she of course has deleted her account, but uh, Disney was like, no, no, no. Like they've all been in a hurricane shelter. It's fine. It's safe. They're good. Like it's all. It's also important to remember that especially uh, on, on the islands in that particular part of the world, um, that kind of disaster preparedness is a really important part of running a business. So they do have plans for that kind of thing. And certainly Disney is as far as I've been able to see, very good at planning for that kind of thing. So um, presumably people are are in good shape, um, at least those who uh, had, you know, 
a plan looking out for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're donating a million dollars, more than a million dollars uh, in cash and in-kind support to the Bahamas. So they, that's, yeah. It, the donation was led by Disney Cruise Line. It's going to go towards nonprofit relief agencies. So um, yeah, I don't, cool. I really, I'm very sorry if it came across like no. Dorian didn't do anything. I meant to in the context of this podcast to Walt Disney I knew World. you meant that. I just wanted I to make sure that that was made clear so that, you know, uh, yeah. we didn't find out that our one listener who's not our Facebook friend, you yeah, know, has like, family oh, there and is like, how asshole. dare you? No, and, and, and honest, I mean, we had a very close friend uh, impacted very heavily by Irma when that yep. happened in, in the British Virgin Islands. So uh, we are not at all that type of asshole. Um, but I do, I just, I feel like... We never, we go towards the end of the hurricane season, right. generally speaking, but... Admittedly, that's part of why, because yeah. I don't really like having to deal with changing our plans, because yeah. that gives me anxiety. But it is also, like, it's good that they are so safe, because it does make you feel better about it. Like, and I, if I, something were to go wrong, like, they take care of it, they manage right. it. Right. I love reading those stories about about how they handle situations where they're like, I'm sorry, we can't open the parks, yeah. but um, we're going to do Jenga fun stuff. And, and like... this will be, this will be an experience that literally you may never get to have or yeah. nobody else will get to have and, like, because it's a special thing. And they bring characters out in the resorts right. and all that kind of stuff. And they make it, they basically make it as much of like still a comfortable vacation as they can. Right. So, And that's actually one thing where I, I kind of wish that uh, at Disneyland, they had more, more property because when we stayed there for our mini moon oh God. and everything was on fire, everything we was were just fire. sort of in the nearest hotel <laughs> because, you know, we booked on short notice and it was, yeah. it was actually great because it was like right across the street and everything. But, um, it was definitely slightly outside of the Disney magic bubble yeah. um, because it was just like in the elevator, there was a sign saying stuff's on fire and it's going to smell. And like you could fucking see it. Oh man, right. That was right. You trip. could see, I went up to the top floor and you could just see yeah, could just not see just the like clouds burning. of smoke, but. Literally the hills on fire. It was awful. Oh boy. Well, this took a turn, didn't it? Natural Disasters Podcast. Woo! Yeah. Well, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm I'm sad at all of the destruction in the places that it it definitely just sort of sat over. It sat as a Um, cat I am simultaneously happy for my uh, cousin and his wife and their uh, young child uh, yeah, that they didn't really have any big impact and of course you know our friends at at Disney World as well yeah yeah because we have a good bunch of friends down there so good job staying safe and good job Disney as usual for dealing with this in a way that made sense it's time for the silly shit in Disney films corner. Why did I start doing that? I should stop doing that. It's kind of annoying at this point, I think. <laughs> I'm just going to use this one and edit it in every time, no matter what you do. came up with this shtick? Um, I don't know. Our listeners uh, clearly love it because they haven't complained. So. <laughs> um, so this one is one that struck me a long time ago. When Marlon and Dory are in... Nigel's mouth or they're sorry they're not in Nigel's mouth yet when they choke their way out of what's his name's mouth the other pelican the pelican tries to eat them they choke their way out of his mouth he like spits them out onto the pier or whatever and they try to escape from Nigel as Nigel's trying to help them and they're on a pier like they're on 
with boats and there's water all around it. Instead of just flopping off the side of the pier, they like start flopping all the way down and then they take a right and they keep flopping as though the only way to get off the pier is to go to the end of it. And it's like, it's a, it's a wooden pier and there's water all around and underneath it. And I don't under, they could have just gone off the fucking side and they would have been fine. So. D- He's gonna, no. <laughs> I don't even have a theory. No, Good. this one's, this one's really explainable in that this is the oldest and most obnoxious chase trope That's in true. all of Hollywood where it's the like something's coming up behind me. I better run directly away from it and not to one side because, you know, like if there's a a tractor chasing you down or something Mm -hmm. and you're on a road, I don't know. I'm just pulling a a terrible example out of my head. And there are like trees on the sides of the road or something like just cut left and go between the trees and the tractor can't hit you. Yeah. But you're going to run straight down that road screaming the whole time. No, it's, it's the, the Austin Powers scene with the, the steamroller. Oh, and the guy's like, <laughs> Yes, it is that scene. It just always struck me as funny because I was like, why are you flopping away as though you couldn't just get right into the water? Like, it's super obvious. It's, it's silly. And I disagree with that decision. And I think they should have done it better. I'm trying desperately to come up with an I have a theory that I could actually try to defend. But none of the, like, you know, maybe the area under the dock is netted in, but no, nobody does that. There'd be no reason to do that. Um, Maybe there was a barracuda right there. Maybe all the sunfish hanging out under the dock. Oh, wait, no. I I don't even know if there are sunfish in that part of the world. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. There's nothing that really makes sense, except we wanted to have a chase scene, so we made a chase scene. We wanted to have a a dry chase scene in a fish (laughs) movie. In a fish movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, basically. It's a silly one. It's a particularly silly, silly shit in Disney Films Corner. Whoa. You just found a justifiable way to use the word silly twice in a row. I'm going to get you like a better air horn button. I just dabbed. Look, if I had my fucking phone. Actually, no, wait. My real phone doesn't have the instant wrap air horn. Yeah, it's only your your backup phone. Aw, whatever. My mouth did a fine wamp 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 just then. That's that's true. (laughs) You just can't see me dabbing. I'll find a way. No, no, I won't. This is a podcast. This, this is, is I'm in my bathrobe. <laughs> that's that's kind of the unspoken truth of podcasts. Is like you listen to any podcast, it doesn't matter how professional it sounds, how well developed it is. You know, at least one person in that in that podcast is not really fully not, dressed. Yeah, not, you know. Yep. That's, like yep. NPR podcast, not dressed. No, my favorite you know? murder, they definitely, like, there are plenty of times where, like, oops, George is, like, George is strewn out on a couch, like, in very little clothing. <laughs> uh, also, I think I just hit the cord of the microphone, so if someone just hit a bwomp in your... Th- I would say it's more of a bwomp. It's more of a doink. Okay, say, well, but... <laughs> if anyone hears that, I'm sorry that I'm clumsy as shit. And it's time for the outro train. Uh, If you listen to this podcast and you like this podcast, uh, you should go to our website, boardandsassy.com and click contact. And then you will send us a, it'll 
you fill out a form and it sends us an email and we'll talk about stuff if you have questions or if you have feedback or if you want us to tell you all about our upcoming trip. Or, or if you want to tell us if it's a, a doink or a whatever you said. Boomp, I yeah. think. I don't know. What is that? Boomp. Something like B-W-O-O-M-P. that. B-W-O-O-M-P. And uh, Sam derails the outro. You fucking bastard. <laughs> uh, or you can find us on Twitter at Bored and Sassy. We are on iTunes now. Uh, thank you, Yay. Sam. We've been on Google Play for a while. You can listen on our website. You can add us to your favorite podcast app uh, thing. So, uh, and that's that's been our show. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to a test recording. I'm Sam. And I'm Val. No, you're not. That's true. That's wrong. That's wrong. Can you 